no one could have told me before that I was interested in a hobby because I was working a lot of hours. And the challenge with that is, is working a lot of hours is not the same thing as running a business, as we all know. Welcome to the Model Student Podcast. My name is Taylor. This is episode seven, and we're calling it uh, Business Confessions, Niche Issues, and Thought Work. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. Okay, you guys, let's get right into it. So today is a little bit different in that um, I wanted to kind of get into the episode and really just share with you some of the mental drama and questions that I'm asking myself um, over these last few days. So if you are a part of my private Slack workspace, meaning you were one of the recently certified coaches with the Life Coach School and you found me in one of uh, the channels that we have available, you may have decided to join and I invited you into this kind of like private forum that I have going for students who want to master their skills in coaching while also building a business. And if you're in there, you've kind of seen that, or if you've seen my posting way, you've kind of seen me evolve my niche or go through some of my niche drama. So one of the things that you have probably seen in that group is that I have posted a lot about uh, building my niche, looking for ideal client avatars to interview. And then you also saw that just this last week, um, I took kind of the week off from all of the assignments to really integrate all of the information that I had been consuming and really wanted to put some of these concepts um, into practice, but also just kind of schedule them out and see how they're impacting, you know, my vision for my business and for the clients that I have. And throughout this week, which number one, I highly recommend that when you are taking on something new, that you take full responsibility for the momentum and the rhythm that your work takes. So even though the, even though the work itself um, doesn't necessarily have an integration week because of the way that I'm choosing to go about it. It made sense for me and for my work to have a week where I wasn't consuming more content or more information, but I really was processing all the stuff that I had taken on. I highly recommend that idea. All right. So I took my week off last week or a week away, I should say. And here's what I've realized. I talked to my family a little bit. I talked to my husband and business partner a little bit, talked to my mentor and coach and talked to some friends. And then I also interviewed 15 ideal client avatars. And for those who are not familiar with that term, an ideal client avatar is essentially the kind of demographics or the type of person, the qualities of the person that kind of embodies who you think your is your ideal client. So let's say you open a CrossFit gym, maybe your ideal client avatar is a mother of two kids who um, is working to get rid of mom, mom bod, and she has some discretionary income because her husband works full-time in corporate America. So 
Is that all true? No. I mean, it may not be true for every person who purchases a membership from you, but you have an avatar or a profile of that person in your mind. And so when you do your marketing, you are thinking of what would that person want to buy? And it just really narrows your focus. So in my case, when I was thinking about my ideal client avatar, the person that I was thinking about was a newly certified life coach or business coach who is committed to developing their skill set, but also recognizes that in the near future, and by near we mean, you know, the next one to two years, they want to see some changes in their revenue. And they have the benefit of not having kind of any urgency about that because they are a professional. Maybe they're an attorney, maybe they're a dentist or another type of physician. And so I that was kind of my ideal client avatar. And I, I was able to find, um, 10 to 15 people who fit almost exactly that avatar. And in interviewing them in combination with doing it during my integration week, what has come out of that is just some insight about my business and about where I want to go and where I don't want to go. So one of the reasons why I really want to sell you on integration and evaluation Um, in this episode is because I really want you to hear some of the confessions, so to speak, that come out of that for me. Um, One of those things being that I was looking at my business like a hobby. Now I was putting in 30 to 35 hours a week of work, but when it came time to charge, I felt squeamish about how much to charge? How frequently should I charge? What should I charge? What's too much? What's too little? And full, I mean, an integration week does not cure that, but what it does is it helps me understand why I might've felt uncomfortable. And it could be, well, at least in my case, part of my discomfort was coming from the fact that I wasn't looking at my business like a business. I was looking at it like Well, I was calling it a business, but I was looking at it like a hobby, something that I love to do. I'm really good at, I'm super invested in, but I'm not demanding a return from it. And I'm certainly not doing it for the money. But here's the thing about business. Business is a, is a game, so to speak, that we could say, and the currency of choice or the scoreboard is in the money. So you don't have to choose your particular type of business for the money. You could, but you don't have to. But in order to quantify it as a business, there is a real uh, measurement that if you're going to hold up your business against the concept of businesses today, then, and you don't care about money, you might want to question if you're interested in a business or maybe you're interested in a hobby. Now, no one could have told me before that I was interested in a hobby because I was working a lot of hours. And the challenge with that is, is working a lot of hours is not the same thing as running a business, as we all know. So this integration week, this kind of pause in my rhythm, which my main 
rhythm up until then had been consume, 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 consume trainings, consume tutorials, learn this, practice that. And I am not saying that that is not a season that is appropriate and even needed. But if your rhythm or your your, uh, system does not include evaluation or even integration, then what happens is you just keep consuming until you're unable to consume anymore. And it leads to kind of an, an overbloated or overweight, uh, overweightiness in the amount you have consumed comparatively to what you have produced. So in my case, I've worked a lot of hours, but you can't see that in my revenue and you definitely can't see it in my client caseload. So um, integration and evaluation allow you to do that. Um, one of the things my dad used to tell me is implement, then you evaluate and then you adjust and then you make another and then you implement again and then you evaluate again and then you adjust again. One day I'm going to have him on the podcast because I think he brings a very unique perspective to that and just in our relationship as a father and daughter who both happen to be coaches, I think that could be really insightful for you all to watch our dynamic play out. But that's another episode. Um, I started this wanting you guys to think about it like this. Uh, I'm going to confess that I didn't realize that my business was being treated like a hobby. And so because of that, even though I was investing a lot of time, I wasn't actually getting the return that I want. And when you keep investing without return, you get burnt out, you get worn out. Sometimes that looks like just turning down your investment. Other times it's clarifying your purpose and redirecting your energy. So going forward, in my case, the goal is not actually to reduce the number of hours that I work. Although if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said to you, I need to reduce my hours. I'm working too much. I'm missing too many dinners. And now I would say to you, it is not that I need to reduce my hours. It's that I need to constrain or focus my hours meaning I was taking on extra things that were cutting into dinner time or cutting into my sleep time because my mindset was I've got to make something of this, not realizing that I was being driven by this idea that it's a hobby. Now, when I say idea, I don't mean that I was consciously every week saying this is my hobby. What I mean by that is I was finding pleasure in fulfillment in the actual work instead of finding pleasure and fulfillment in the process of monetizing and creating um, desired results from my work. Those are, it's subtle, but it's so different. If you are, for example, going into an office every day and you're doing something that you're fine with and you get paid seven figures to do it, you might confuse loving doing that thing with loving the results that that thing produces and then loving what you're able to do with the seven figures that you got. That's really easy for us to understand when we're talking about somebody else's situation with somebody else's money. But I would bargain that so many more of us are in that 50,000 to six figure um, salary range and we're unconsciously getting bought out of our dreams because we are very excited with what we're able to do with the money rather than being conscious about what we had to do to get the money, if that makes sense. And one of the challenges 
particularly when you start a new practice is you often don't get the payoff that you want in the beginning. Oftentimes it's not sales rolling in. It's not clients beating down your door. And so you can find a way to really love just, I just love coaching. I just love talking to people. I just love helping people. And that's really great, but that's not actually the vision because you were doing that before you became a coach. You were helping people, you were talking to people, you were inspiring people long before you became a coach. So when you decided to get certified and start your business, it wasn't to help people. It was to run a business. And if you can't, if you are not, like I wasn't, keeping that in the forefront of your mind and allowing the the dynamic of working as a coach to talk you out of the dream of owning a business, then what you give up is quality of life. What you give up are the other little dreams, ancillary strategic byproducts of having grown a business. See, when you've grown a business, then you have hours that are on and hours that are off. But when it's just a hobby or an interest for you, then you can work on that thing any time of day. And you know, you'll skip dinner or you'll show up for dinner or you won't you know, people will understand because, you know, there's this really big thing happening. So I could just drop everything. But when it's a business, it's like, no, this is a business meeting and strategically I need to be at it. So I may miss, a, you know, this meal or that meal, but it's not, um, we don't build a schedule with you missing life. You build into the idea, into your business, the life that you have. It's like being able to show up and implement the structure that serves the goal. You you can't do that when it's just a hobby because a hobby is about chasing the next high of creation, the next dopamine hit of pleasure. And the challenge with that is, is that business in the beginning often doesn't offer all of that because you don't have the results yet. And so we can unknowingly switch into hobby mode where we feel we find gratitude in how fulfilling it is to offer a coaching session to a peer, but that's not actually moving our bottom line forward, at least not directly, right? So I wanted to share kind of with you just that kind of confession of, hey, I'm looking up and I'm almost a year into this thing. And I just found out I've been treating this like a hobby. I haven't been treating it like a business. I've been offering value to people and still finding ways to make sure they don't pay me. It's not always conscious. It's just this, you know, eerie discomfort that shows up when they want to compensate uh, me for the value they've received and just not really having a clear confidence or a clear ability to receive it. And so it does not have to be like that. And the way that you address that is by committing to having a business and committing to um, ensure that when you are evaluating your actions and your results, it's not just based on how you thought you should feel, but actually on the results that you're measuring and in business that often has to do with money, client load, um, and you can choose other things. So one of the challenges we'll face as newly certified coaches, particularly if you're uh, certified in thought work, is that we often hear that our thoughts are creating our results. And so we're very quick to want to identify the thought that's the problem. And here's the challenge with that. If it, 
there's no wrong thought for you to think about having zero dollars in revenue. Like you can think whatever you want to think about that. You have to decide if zero dollars in revenue is a problem and your decision is the thought that you have. And that thought is the one we need to examine. You can have a thought that creates zero dollars in revenue and then you can have thoughts about the fact that you had zero dollars in revenue and they can sound very different. And so we don't even really need to go into the one that created zero dollars in revenue until we decide if you have a problem with the fact that you have zero dollars in revenue. And if you don't have a problem with that, then I would question if you're interested in business or maybe you're just interested in coaching as like a hobby, as like some people are interested in um, puppies and kitties and uh, cosplay and knitting. Like it isn't to say that they don't invest in it, that they don't spend money on it, and that maybe even they're able to monetize it to some degree, but they're not building their, they didn't get into it and they're not maintaining their interest hinging on how much money they make from it. They derive their, um, their return from how much pleasure they have while they get to do it. And that's great if that's your goal, but that is not a business. And so when we're taking a week like this, or in my case, the week that I just took an integration week, what I want um, to make available to you is the permission. Maybe you need permission to not be okay with the fact you have zero dollars in revenue. Maybe you need permission to think or to, to know that you don't just have to accept that you don't have enough time. Maybe you want to question how much time you have to invest. Maybe you want to strategize ways to get or create more time or to create more value in your business such that your revenue has an opportunity to change. But I can assure you, blaming your schedule, your kids and your husband and your mother-in-law and whoever else is not a solution for disliking the result that you created. The first step is always to own that you're unhappy with the result that you have? And can you figure out where that's coming from? Why do you like it? And do you like your reason for disliking it? In my case, I looked at my revenue and I was unhappy with the amount that I had made considering the amount of time and energy I had invested. And it was from that place that I was able to examine, okay, how am I spending my time? And when I looked back over it, I was spending hours upon hours coaching my peers for free. I was spending hours upon hours, you know, making offers to my local friends and family to give insight or to comment on their stuff and to participate in their stuff. I was totally creating community, but I was not creating revenue. And in turn, I was forfeiting uh, credibility. Not because people didn't like talking to me. Of course, people like talking to me, but that's not the problem. The problem is people didn't want to pay me and I wasn't asking. And that doesn't come from uh, just out of thin air. I have to create opportunities to be paid. Perfect example. I was asked the other week, um, I because I create a guide for newly certified coaches, particularly those who have just um, graduated from the life coach school. Um because I had created a guide for them, one of the ladies sent me a message and said, you saved me an hour a week. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, oh my gosh. And I said, okay, well, that's really cool. So then she goes, 
yeah, I mean, you need like a Venmo or a cash up or something so that I can like send you some money. Like seriously, I just want to give you my money because I cannot believe that you are willing to do this and set this up and send this to everybody. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's really not a big deal to me. I just kind of created it for myself. And notice I'm talking myself out of receiving money, diminishing the value that she put on it. I didn't put an hour's worth of time on that for her. I put whatever time I put into it. She decided that it was worth an hour's worth of time for her and she wanted to compensate me for it. How often are you talking yourself out of receiving the value that matters to you in the end because you have discomfort in the moment? It happens, y'all, but this is our responsibility when we have a business. Now, if this was just a hobby, who says I have to receive money for producing a God? I don't have to receive anything for producing a God. I could just do it because I love it. But I just have a real challenge when my family's finances don't look how I want them to look, especially when there are two people working full time. It's a challenge for me. And I am willing to invest the time into figuring out how my household revenue looks a lot different given the fact that there are two working adults in this home contributing to our finances. That's how I want it to be in my home. And so that means that my business revenue cannot be $0. It's not, but it can't be that. So that's one thing I wanted to offer you for today is just a little transparency and a little encouragement, like make a decision. Are you okay making nothing in your business? Because if you're not, if you're not, if you're not okay with the revenue, with not having revenue in your business, as in that's in our line you do not want, then we have to start thinking about it in the context of having a desired outcome. Because the story you tell yourself where you have to be okay with anything isn't working because you are being okay with anything and you don't like it. Now, there are a subset of us who are okay with anything. They're just doing it for the love. Please do not allow those people who are just doing it because they have a great time, don't allow those people And the fact that they call it a business to confuse you. That's not business. That's someone who enjoys doing something that has to do with business, having a great time. And that can be a beautiful thing. There's no reason why we need to like go try to change them. We don't need to even correct them, but that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is caring about the dollars and the cents at the end of it. We're caring about the hours and the minutes at the end of it. Because we have more than one goal in this life and owning a business is not the sum total of our life. And so how do we make sure that the investment we're putting into this dream or this goal of having a business, we have an evaluation for it and we evaluate periodically. In this case, I evaluated monthly and I'm making some adjustments going into the next month. I'm not going to air them on the podcast because it's really a lot of them are really specific to the Slack workspace. So I'll let those people know um, directly, but the things that I'm doing is in my case is I started a podcast and I post that every Monday in the morning. It comes out normally around 8 a.m. It just kind of depends on your phone and how up to date and whatever else your system does. And then every Wednesday I send out the practices email. So you have 48 hours to listen to the episode and then you get the email that basically says to you, hey, Remember, don't forget to listen to the to the episode and here's the follow-up work you've got to do. Why is there work after an episode? Well, it's not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like, ah, oh, finally I'm making some traction in my life. It's going to feel like relief, but let's be clear. I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to have an opportunity to respond. It's perfect. 
It's perfect because for once, I'm not asking you just to keep consuming information. My goal is to inspire you to take effective action. And the effective action, I tell you what it is in the email. So you'll need to sign up for that at themodelstudentpodcast.com. So this was part one of kind of business confessions and just really encouraging you to take a moment, integrate, evaluate. And then part two will be um, airing next week. And that has to do with niche drama. So I talked a little bit today about ideal client avatars and interviewing them. And I just kind of want to reframe some of the conversation around niches. Um, But I needed to lay some groundwork that it's for businesses and not hobbies. So yeah, have a great day. Rate and review the episode and we'll talk next week. Bye.